This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. First Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. That's a good word. Well, my name is Mike Alberts, and I get to serve as uh, on the team here directing the senior high and young adult ministry. Um, and today I'm going to share a little bit about connecting confirmation and the journey ahead. And I have a special ring in my voice when I speak, so isn't that nice? <clears throat> well, well, today we're going to be looking at First Timothy. It was really fun to read through First and Second Timothy and thinking about who, I was asking the question, who, who was really exhorted to, to live by faith in Scripture? And I, I love how Paul called into Timothy's life. And so today I'm going to speak to all of us. But I'm also going to speak directly to the 8th graders and then also to our seniors who, I don't know if any of them are out of bed yet, but uh, the seniors at one of the services, we'll have some seniors there too. I want to call to them and we'll, we'll call to all of us this morning. So as you, as you hear me, I guess I'm teaching, um, think about where you're at and what your next step is. And so the very first scripture we looked at is have nothing to do with godless myths Godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Uh, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And the context before that, uh, there, there's argument about what they could eat and who they could marry and just all this non-major stuff. And Paul is saying, Timothy... Don't get involved in that, but train yourself to be godly. Uh, devote yourself to a life of training toward godliness. And, and, not, and physical training is good, but training in godliness has value in all things. And uh, it's, it's fun for me to be with our students and see some of them are athletes, and some of them train really hard for things. We have uh, Nordic racers, there's 8th graders, 7th graders doing all that stuff. There's high schoolers. They train really focused. It's really fun to see that. But above that, what does it mean to train ourselves to be godly? And confirmation, those students just did that. They devoted a year, basically, to theology. And so, I do want to recognize Becca and the team. I think they did a fabulous job. Uh, David Willey had ideas... Yeah, let's give him a hand. Um, David has this idea of, we could, we could really make this cool with uh, some ceremony stuff and call. And I was like, I love that. I love people that lead in a new way. 
And so thank you for their leadership. But I also want to thank the 8th graders for devoting themselves to godly training. Now it's time to what do you do with that training? I want to remind you that you, uh, you practice good theology um, with your peers. And, and that's the study of God. The first thing that as covenanters, where is it written? Uh, how do we center on the word of God? And so when we think about good theology, the very first thing as Christians, we want to say God's word has final say in all of theology. If I'm going to understand who God is, who I am, what the world is, if it says something in scripture, that is the final say. Uh, the second thing, though, we look at church history. We look at the dead people get to speak into my reality today. And so you looked at that. The Nicene Creed was one of the very first things the church tackled. They tackled really hard subjects about who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, who is God. And so that's, that's an awesome thing that they got to study. The third, I think that, uh, I really like is then, well, okay, well then how do I make sense of this? That's good theology too, using your own reason. How do I make sense of this? And then the fourth thing I would say, is this consistent with my experience? So that, that's practicing good theology. The other reason why I, t- I took Timothy is, uh, later, you know, Paul t- talks about Timothy is like, you were taught the scriptures from infancy. There's a lot of kids in this church that have grown up through the kids' programs, that have parents that have taught them scriptures. And, he's, and Paul is calling to, the, to Timothy's life to draw on all that and keep walking by faith. And so, eighth graders, this was a good season for you. Uh, I'm proud of you for engaging in that. Now, the next thing, next verse, we don't have, actually, I think I do have it on the slide. Sorry, I'm not great at this. Aren't those pretty? Here we go. So, eighth graders, this is my charge to you. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. You're going to be the youngest members of our high school group next year. And we want to welcome you into our community, but I want to also charge you to set an example in these things. Uh, Set an example in the way you talk about each other, about others, talking about yourself, your speech. Are you a life giver in your speech? Uh, In life, what's your lifestyle like? Do you have a church life and a school life? Set an example to live a wholehearted life. Thirdly, uh, in love, in our, in our group in high school this year, we've really been focusing about who are we and how do we treat one another. Set an example in love. And, and last two, in faith and in purity. So uh, for you, I want to call to you, don't, don't let anyone look down on you next year because you're young. But you can set an example and encourage us to do all the more. And I want to charge you to work on that. Now, how, how do you go about doing that? I think these are, there's the ideal, and then here's sometimes my life. <laughs> uh, I want you to explore with God, why is that gap so big, God, about the way I talk? You know, I, I cut people down. Why do I do that? God, would you help me understand why I act the way I do? God, you say to love like this, and I love like this. God, help me understand why I, I love like that. Uh, my lifestyle, I want to have a one 
life. I want to be the same person in public as I am in private, but I live right here. God, help me understand, why do I have that gap? Why do I wear a mask in one place and take it off in another place? How do I live wholehearted? So eighth graders, that's my, my charge to you, is to explore that and to go for it, to live a life that sets an example. Uh, we invite you, and we want you to keep doing that all the more. Now the next... Um, so eighth graders, we need you to show up and do that. We, we want to renew our youth group, and we want to renew the church. And you're a key part of that. And lastly, I would like to say who you are and who you are becoming is of the highest value to us. It's not just saying the right things, but it's who you are that matters. And so uh, keep exploring that with, with God. Now to our seniors, if you're here, or to all of us... Um, in, in 1 Timothy 6, But you, man of God, flee all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. It's a lot of the same list that he charged him with earlier. But then he says, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So, so our 8th graders and 12th graders, I right before this, uh, in, in the context of Paul's letter to Timothy, he talks about money, frankly. He says, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's where it comes from. It gets misquoted all the time. It says, money is the root of all evil. That's not true. It's the love of money that really causes a lot of bad things in this world. But you could also look at it. It's, it's a, there's a lot of things that are hollow and empty in this world that I chase after. I, I have researched boats that I will never buy. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what I want. I'm never going to buy it. Um, I'm praying for a friend who might have that boat, actually. Uh, but I could chase for things that will never give life. And Paul talks about that. He says, you know what? Don't have anything to do with that kind of thinking. Flee from it, Timothy, and fight the good fight of the faith. Because part of it is in John 10.10, I want you to always think of this. Contrast what the work of the thief does and what Jesus wants to do. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Jesus said. The thief came to do that. And he does that all the time. He does it in my life. He does it in the world. Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. Now, abundantly is a word we, we throw around all the time. But what does it really mean? Think about, I mean, I think Alaskans, we can really get a context of abundance. Uh, yesterday, the sunlight, the green, we're starting to hit some abundance patterns of goodness, good things. Uh, fish, berries, abundance, just abounding fullness. God, Jesus said, I have come to give you abundant life. And it's not just a, a something that we just say and we don't really experience or believe. I, I believe the, the best of life can be lived only in Jesus Christ. And that's what he came to, to give us. Now, the thief lies about God the Father. He started that in the very beginning of Scripture. We see that in the garden, you know, he, the serpent tempts him. He's like, did God really say that? Did he, you know, he's, you can't trust his heart. He's holding out on you. 
The thief lies about God the Father. The thief lies about the Son. The thief lies about the Holy Spirit. And the thief lies about you and me. I'm the best one at condemning myself. When I do something that I'm not proud of or I've, I've gone astray, I feel terrible and I beat myself up. And you might be like that too. The thief lies about who you are, that you're not good enough, that you need to do something else to be accepted by God the Father. But the good news of the gospel is that life, he's, he's a God of grace. He gives life. So part of our hollow thinking that I could fall prey to, that we need to flee from, is if I only had blank, life would be right. If I only had that boat. If blank only noticed me, life would be right. You know, if my wife only noticed me. <laughs> uh, fill in the blank for you life would be right. If I looked like blank, life would be right. If I accomplished this, life would be right. If this never happened to me, life would be right. The world is broken, people. Church, listen. But Jesus came to give us life in the midst of that. And and it's a fight to keep going. Honestly, it is. We need to flee from this type of thinking and fight the good fight. But you, men and women of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So part of the good fight is, uh, you know, I, I talked about the gap of behavior the ideal and the real, but then there's, I know this, but this is where I believe. That's another gap. I know way more about God than I actually believe and experience him to be. And so part of the good fight is fighting for me to remember that God the Father is good. I know that, but do I really believe that? Uh, To remember that you and I, we are irrevocably loved by God the Father. He's crazy about you. He loves the way he made you. You know, in Psalms it says you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you at that point. He likes the way he designed you and the way you came out and who you are and who you are becoming. God the Father loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son. You have to fight to believe that because the world beats it out of us. The enemy steals that from us. And it it causes me to chase after things so that I'll feel better about life. But fight to believe how much you're loved. That you are a marvel of God's creation. That your story matters in God's revelation. Your story matters in the life of the church. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take your step. Take your place in that. So what happens if we stumble? We get stuck. Keep fighting! (laughs) Fight the good fight. Uh, The first thing is just to agree with God about it. That's confession. That's biblical confession. When you agree with God about doing something that was wrong, that's the very first thing you need to do. It's like, you know what, God? That was wrong. Uh, help me. <laughs> uh, take responsibility for it. Don't blame others. Own it and, and, and agree with God about it. That is biblical confession. Then fight to believe the good news about you, about you, about God, about you, and about your future. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ... Romans tells us, Paul tells us in Romans, that we have the gift of righteousness. 
It's not a standard. It's a gift. It is by grace. I didn't earn that gift. God gave it to me. And so that's really good news. When I blow it, I need to fight to believe that God has given me all I need for righteousness through his son, Jesus. So if you're like me, you need, you need to really press into what is true. And that's why we say center on the word of God. I've told uh, high schoolers this, and some of you may have heard it too. I had a, a good friend in high school. He was a big guy, pretty athletic, and he had a really underpowered boat. And we would go water skiing, and he would slalom ski. And he was like 215 pounds, 33 horsepower Johnson. We would drag him through the water like he was the Loch Ness monster. I mean, he just his head would be underwater as we drag him, and eventually he would pop up and he would ski and pull the boat around everywhere. I couldn't get up behind his boat uh, on one ski, but that's part of like holding on to Scripture when everything is pulling against me. That's part of fighting the good fight. Is you you hold on to what is true when your insides are going and your instincts are, are screaming at you. You fight to believe what is true about you and what is true about God. Hold on, even though the world is pulling against us. Well, how long will I need to fight the good fight? All your life. (laughs) Isn't that good news? Nah. There are moments where, you know, life will just seem like it's awesome and right. You'll have moments where, man, it's like the squirrels are singing in the woods and it's Disneyland, you know, uh, And then there's moments where it's the darkest place you've ever been. We fight all the way home. We have to fight to believe. So that's part of the good fight, is us. The other part, for all of us, is the good fight is that we also take our place in the family business of fighting for others that are stuck in brokenness. That's part of the good fight. We go and make a difference in a broken world. We, we bring healing to what's broken. We bring life and goodness and love. We bring the gospel message to people who don't know it or don't trust Jesus. That is part of the good fight, too. So, fight the good fight. All of us, but our 8th graders and our 12th graders, I want to charge you. It's time to join maybe the next rank of fighting the good fight. Let me see if I have any other. Okay. Remember this milestone, 8th graders in particular, all the training you did. Wrestle with what you actually learned. And if you have gaps, let's engage with those. Let's keep taking those next steps because this is a lifelong journey. It's not just an event. This is a lifelong journey of following Jesus. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you that we have a guy like Timothy in your scripture that was brought up by godly parents and or mother and grandmother and he learned scriptures and then he also took his place of leadership at a young age Lord we pray for those that are young in our church that they would awaken to who you are and who they are and how they fit in your story God I pray that they this summer would walk in newness of life, there'd be renewal, and that they would live by example, our freshmen to be would live by example as they enter ninth grade next year. God, we pray you'd protect them for the way the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy in their life, and that they would have the diligence to flee 
but to fight the good fight too. Father, we pray for our church. You would renew us to fight the good fight together and not toward one another, but we would be strong in love. We would lead toward what is good and right. Jesus, we thank you that you have given new life to us. Help us walk in your abundance. It's your name we pray. Amen.